I'm Lisa. I do the Midday Show at 101.9 The Mix in Chicago. And I'm Jerry Nunn from nunontherun.com. And Lisa and I go way back. Way backstage, maybe. Yeah, that's where we met. And now we're bringing you along for the ride. Like a plus one. But we don't really have time for some big intro. All right, let's go. Nonstop. Nonstop. With Lisa and Jerry. This week we talked to Leslie Jordan from Will and Grace about his new show. And we catch up with Rupert Everett from My Best Friend's Wedding about his new movie. Hey everybody, it's Leslie Jordan. You're listening to Nonstop with Lisa. Lisa and Jerry. Hi, I'm Rupert Everett, and this is Nonstop with Lisa and Jerry. So you got to meet Rupert Everett. Yes, he was great. Did he seem stuffy at all, or was he super friendly? He was... You can tell me. I'll tell you the truth. Well, I went in very trepidatious. That's a big word. Yes, I I had some caution going, because he's had a reputation of being difficult, like on the set, and things he said. Yeah, there's there's a lot to the story. But I, I went in, and he was very charming, very nice. That's how I picture him in my head. Like, very charming. Mm -hmm. He was so handsome in My Best Friend's Wedding. Like, I just love that movie. He was great in that movie. And we talked a little bit about how his experience was in Chicago. I didn't bring up Madonna because they have a troublesome relationship. Ooh, tell me more. Yeah, they had that movie, An Ex-Best Thing, and they were best friends. It was about a gay guy with his best friend, and Madonna was the best friend. It was a stretch for both of them, I'm sure. And (laughs) he he said something about her later in a book, and she won't... I don't think she will even talk to him. So I oh. left any Madonna questions out. Well, that case. was probably <laughs> smart on your uh, behalf. Yeah. You know, you had mentioned to him something like, hey, is there ever anything funny that happens, uh, you know, on set? And he gave you such a weird answer. Mm-hmm. Did you have any funny stories with all the makeup and all that stuff? Or? Not really, no. <laughs> was just, funny stories never really to... happen on movies, I don't think. Like, <laughs> how do you explain the blooper reel or the gag reel? Like, how do you explain that? Because he's like, nothing, nothing funny really happens on the sets of movies. That's I'm not true. What? <laughs> I thought that was a strange answer, too. That was Because that's why weird. I wanted something kind of fun. I gave him a chance. You know yeah. there is hilarious stuff going on back there. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how serious the movie is, the people are still going to have to cut loose every once in a while and goof off. Right. He, I mean, he was a pretty serious interview, but he, you know, did I get to get him to talk about the community and what it would mean to, you know, a movie like this. Because Oscar Wilde's an old story that, yeah. you know, the young gays don't know anything about. And it's funny <laughs> you mention that because he had a great answer. What do you think... The Oscar Wilde story says to audiences or and gay audiences especially? I think it says a lot, personally. Mm-hmm. I think because one of the drawbacks, in a way, of the virtual world is that we've abandoned history. So that abandoning of history gives us no context. And I think context for all of us, whether it be young gay guys and remembering about our generation and AIDS or whether it be mm-hmm. about us all remembering about the beginning of homosexuality uh, as a word, which happened with Oscar Wilde and the road towards Towards, uh, liberation. I think it's. I think it's a great opportunity for us all to know what we've been through, what we've been through to be where we are today. Uh, I think it's strengthening and, to borrow a woman's word, empowering mm-hmm. in a way and uh, gives us a new outlook on the way of dealing with the challenges that are ahead. I think without a historical context, our outlook on the challenges ahead tends to be much darker, funnily enough, because we don't see the enormous range that we've already covered. Uh, so in that sense, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's useful to know in, in such a short time what's happened to us. You know, it's literally a, the last hundred years 
seconds are a millisecond in human history and mm-hmm. everything has changed mm-hmm. and I think when you see everything like that you aren't quite so critical of uh, everything not being perfect you realise that we're on this amazing journey that keeps moving mm-hmm. but it's great I think to know what happened before So he makes a really good point and maybe kind of puts a positive spin on not being so upset about where we're at right now maybe try to celebrate how far we've come Right, exactly So, you know, I thought the movie it's a pretty heavy movie it's artsy so it's that kind of thing set in England English actors things like that Lots of ruffles Right, a lot of ruffles uh, so, and this was at the Gay Film Festival that I got to see it a little early, and then it's coming out, you know, later this month. So, I really, you know, was I was happy with the interview overall. Okay, it went good. Well. Yeah. Well, you know, from so, is this like a gay movie, or is it just it was just at the Gay Film Festival? I mean, I guess I guess Oscar Wilde is a piece of history that ever, that a lot of people could identify with. Okay. And it was interesting some of the things that he had in in the movie. Uh, I was like, what is the cotton? There was some drug use, and there was like putting there was cotton that they would put in their mouths. I didn't get that. That was in the movie. So, okay, so the reason, what he explained was that that's how they did cocaine. They would put it in a cotton ball and they'd stick it in their mouth and it would just numb their mouth like that. Oh, man. That's how they used to do it. Just stick with whiskey, guys. Really, (laughs) really. No need to get so experimental over (laughs) here. But, okay, so Rupert Everett, he was great. And then you also got to catch up with Leslie Jordan, who, first of all, have we ever been this gay before? This is the gayest show ever. (laughs) This has become the gayest podcast ever. But Yeah, um, I'm bringing the gay in. You know, this is the Will and Grace, I you like know, it. podcast. So, <laughs> and you know what? I love Leslie Jordan, and to say his name, mm-hmm. um, everybody knows his face, everybody knows his voice. <laughs> yes. I know him specifically from American Horror Story. Okay, where did you first recognize him from? Leslie Jordan had been in. Uh, he's he's actually started in some Southern gay movie a long time ago that he that he's been in, but he's worked consistently and been on TV for a while in small bit parts for a long long time. I could have so. listened to your interview go on for two hours because he was he seemed so friendly and just so fun cracking jokes the whole time oh he's a hoot and that voice oh my gosh it's like he's just so funny i remember how i'm will and grace when he'd be like karen walker get in here You know, he was the drinker with her and so much fun. The funniest part was when he was mentioning a spot here in town. I love Chicago. I'd come every Christmas and do uh, a club called Hydrate. Sure. I said, I think I've been here a long time ago. They said, well, it used to be the manhole. (laughs) Well, there's one to call mother, call home to mother. I'm appearing tonight at the manhole. Can't believe you brought up the manhole. I mean, that that was a throwback for sure. But just to to hear him say that in his little little voice is just even funnier. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he's got a new show that's on TV now. Yes. So it's trying to, you know, bring in some older people to TV and older stars and things like that. The Cool Kids? Is the that cool what it's called? The Cool Kids, yes. There are some kind of like aging actors, which is actually kind of refreshing to see some older faces on TV again, since they're constantly trying to promote super, super young kids, which I get. There's talent all over the age range, but to see some of our old favorites, back on the screen. It was really kind of cool. Yeah, Vicki Lawrence, yeah. you know, from Carol Burnett was on it, Martin Mull, and David Allen Greer. That's the team. Yeah, and I think it's cool that these guys are still out there working, auditioning, and I guess what a struggle it is for kind of the older actors that have no recognition amongst maybe young casting directors or younger people. I mean, when he told that story about Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Debbie Reynolds told me, she was on Will and Grace, she told me, she said, honey, I auditioned. 
she said a girl said to me the other day now miss reynolds what is it you've done mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, uh, one of the casting girls mm. and she said she looked right and said i'm debbie reynolds that's what i've done <laughs> i mean how do you not know who debbie reynolds is yeah they do you know older actors will be at some of these hollywood shows and the signings where they sign autographs things like that so it's great to see them out working and yeah and still doing what they love now what i really love about this is that he is working with the guys from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I love that show. Yeah, it's a favorite of yours, right? It is. Mm-hmm. And it's so just sort of like, I don't know if raunchy is the right word or if it's just not quite scandalous. I don't know. They're just sort of like, they're such jerks, but I love all of them. Okay. And so there's no way that they are not having an absolute blast on the set with this thing. My manager said there's something really cooking over at Fox and it's those uh, boys that wrote Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I said, oh, they're so cute. And they are. They're just adorable. And they're just boys. I can't explain it. It's this room full of straight boys. But they're so open. It was so good to have dialogue about what they felt was the right way to have all this within the gay community and the wrong way. Anyway, so the important news is we're not tackling issues at all. This is the Golden Girls on crack. You know, (laughs) our our biggest problem is we have no moral compass, the four of us. I mean, people get stabbed. We, We crawl through windows trying to get into clubs and I fall in the urinal. I mean, it just it's just raucous. You know they're having a good time. Listen to how happy he is just talking about how much fun they have together, which is great. I wish them every success in the world with this new show. Although, selfishly, I'm kind of bummed that we don't get to see him on the new season of American Horror Story. Right. I was a little surprised by that because everybody seems like they're kind of coming back for that. But it's where they're kind of like melding some of the old seasons like Coven and Murder House and and Leslie George Jordan was in both of those prior seasons, so for him to not be a part of this season, to me, doesn't make any sense, but then he explained to you why. I wish, and it's a, it's about Coven. It's it's a recap of, I think, Yeah. I can only do two. When Fox pays you that kind of money for series regular, there's all these rules. Yeah. And I said, but I want an Emmy. You've got to let me go over and do <laughs> some. And yeah. so they said, well, two. Now, God forbid Will and Grace ever goes up against cool kids in the same t- same time slot, mm. I can't do any. So I guess there's rules, even if they're kind of owned by the same parent company, that you can't be on too many TV shows at once. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of rules you gotta follow. But he's making that money, so he's happy with the cool kids. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Luckily for us, there are no rules, because you are all over the place. Right. I mean, this month, October is full of events. Lots of things. I mean, you got to go to the Chicago Gourmet for the first time. Oh, yeah. You know what? That was actually really cool. Although, I have to tell you, now that I know the lay out and I know how it works. Yeah. I need to go back next year and maybe be more efficient at mm-hmm. hitting all the booths because I think I was just overwhelmed. Yes. I told you about the seafood line. It wrapped around the whole park. <laughs> I didn't even stand in it. I was yeah. like, no, there's too many other things going on. I'm not going to stand in this. Right. It's a long wait for a little bit of clam chowder. Right. I didn't really <laughs> eat that much, I guess, is the surprising thing. I did huh. not eat much at all. Did you drink in the drink area? So I thought there was going to be just a couple of like wine spots. Oh, no. It is like a booze garden in yes. there. All kinds of mixed drinks and a lot, but a lot of wine, all different kinds of wine. I did try a bunch of different wines and uh, champagnes. I tried some of that kind of stuff. Although, you know that little like barbecue tent that they had kind of off the beaten path? I don't know if I went to that. Yeah, there was like this barbecue setup with like a full Stella Artois bar where they were giving away like full size Stella glasses. Nice. With a pour. Okay. So that was cool. But like we were in there 
like eating ribs and just like kind of kicked back where it was not as crowded. Okay. I didn't have any ribs. I had some beef brisket sandwiches. Those Ooh, were good. That yeah. sounds good. Uh, those were good. I thought the Mexican pavilion was nice. They had a nice array of different foods. And um, Where was that? It was facing the stage. So it's on that side. Okay. There's always like a little bit of line, but that one's worth the wait for the different kind of samplings that they have. I didn't even get in there. Oh, okay. See, I need to like learn the layout and like I said, just move, be a little bit more stealthy in my in my eating adventure. <laughs> right. Yeah, t- I mean, it takes a while. I've been doing, I think, like four years, so I knew. But it was like I went to the press conference and Rahm Emanuel came there and, cool. and opened it and stuff. I just passed a, a new ordinance that he mentioned that talked about pop-up restaurants, that they can do pop-up restaurants in Chicago now and they couldn't do that before. So now people that want to make a quick restaurant and try some out some ideas and cuisine and things, they can now open up. They don't have to have a long-term lease and have a big restaurant kind of thing. They can go to different areas in the city. Oh, okay. I that was really interesting. Like these little articles that you see popping up on social, like, oh, there's a Cheetos restaurant in LA. Like that kind of thing can just pop up here for a yes. month or something? Right. They don't have to be like long-term big restaurant space anymore. Wow. So we'll see what kind of difference that makes in like the food here in Chicago. I'm kind of curious about that because, you know, food trucks have definitely become like a popular thing over the past couple of years. Oh, I knew those would be. I was like, I want to buy one because I had been to Hawaii on a, on a trip and they had, a, they were really into the food trucks and they would line them up and they would do this thing. And then I found, when I came back to Chicago, I'm like, why are people not doing that? Well, because the laws were messed up. You know, we couldn't, they couldn't cook. They're not allowed to cook on the food trucks. Yeah. So that's odd. It's funny because for so many people, when they first started popping up, like food trucks are the thing. I remember my older brothers were kind of like, food trucks are not cool because that's how they used to have to eat when they were like, you know, working where they worked back in high school that, you know, you would just go to, they always called it the roach coach. The roach coach. That's <laughs> yeah. clever. Like it just, like it wasn't a cool thing to do. Like you went there just because you needed to eat. Mm-hmm. But now they serve some pretty good food off of these trucks. Oh yeah. And I've thrown parties for offices where they bring in a food truck and people love that. So that's a great like party idea. I love it. I need to have one for my Halloween party. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> that would be really fun. I know. I my birthday so, party. It was like eight below for your birthday. I don't know if we need a food truck. <laughs> a frozen food truck. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like an ice cream truck. Yes. If that were the case. But yeah, I would say that Chicago Gourmet, I mean, it sold out this year. That was, it was packed. Saturday was very, very full. I heard Sunday wasn't as packed. Okay. I'll be honest. I didn't know it was a two day thing. Oh, it's actually like, it starts on Thursday. What? They started doing things on Thursday, Friday. Yeah. They had the hamburger hop on Friday night. Wow. Yeah. So they do events the whole, it's a few days. It's not just the weekend. Maybe I need to be better at reading these press release things because they, you know, I applied for the media passes and I knew I was good to go on Saturday. So I just kind of plan on that. Mm. And then the next morning I get a message on Instagram from my friend like, hey, are you going to Chicago Gourmet today? And I was like, that, dude, that was yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little parties and things and that they do. And this was a good one for you because this is like the uh, music. They did like music themes. So they had pop-up yeah. musicians. They had like a mariachi band. There was like a marching band right in the middle of it playing like uh, the theme to Sanford and Son when we were what? walking past. I was like, this is fantastic. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. So it was just kind of like a anything goes. And there were a line of people trying to get in on Saturday when I got there, when I got off the air. Right. And, you know, they were turning people away like it's sold out. So this is, I guess, one of those things like you've got to get tickets for early. Oh, yeah. So next year, plan it out. I'm on it. <laughs> so that will be something to look forward to. Beer and Bacon Fest is coming up this weekend. Right. We went to that years ago. Right. Is it the Beer and Bacon Classic? Is that what it's called? I believe so. That was so much fun. And that one, I know I'm going to eat a lot at. I'm uh, looking forward to it. We did the circle all the way around the state. 
stadium where we tried everything. Didn't we go back for seconds at some places? Maybe. I can't believe we did that because I was stuffed. It felt like the happiest place on earth. <laughs> Everybody was in a great mood. Everybody's uh-huh. just trying to feed you all this wonderful food, get you to try this beer. Right. Um, and all of the other kind of party goers were also in great moods. Like there was nobody like elbowing to get in your way. Everyone was super nice to each other. I've kind of never experienced any other kind of festival like that. Bacon must just make people happy. Yes. And how it's set up, I think, with it being all spread out in a big circle seemed to work. At Soldier Field, like on the concourse? Yes. Which is good because I think it's supposed to rain all weekend. Oh, this rain. I don't want to complain about rain ever because I have LA friends, okay? But it's like, <laughs> it can be tough. You know, I got drenched the other night, just drenched. I know. I try not to complain about the rain because I think to myself in my winter hating brain that it could be snow. It could be snow. It's not mm-hmm. snow. It's just rain. Deal with it. Yep. Temperatures are dropping. I know. <laughs> Although <laughs> this week it was like in the mid upper 80s, whatever. Oh, I put the air the on best. and then I turned around and put the heat on. <laughs> I wanted to sleep outside on my balcony. So nice. <laughs> what else we got going on? So I went and saw Venom last night, which is the new comic book movie with like, it comes out of the Spider-Man comics, but okay. he's, he's this alien that latches onto people and takes them over. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, it's a superhero movie. So superhero fans are going to see it, but it's competing with Lady Gaga's The Star is Born. <gasps> so all the little monsters are now tweeting bad reviews and saying bad things about Venom. Come on, they think guys. They think people are going to not go see A Star is Born and go see Venom. Like, like it's two different audiences, first of all. And who cares? Like, who cares? People are going to go see what they want to see. Come on, guys. Put your Twitter energy someplace else. Yeah, those little monsters. I wouldn't mess with them. I know. I better be careful. They'll probably come after me next. Yeah, watch what you say. They're going to bite you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, so, oh, comics. We got to talk about this Ace Midwest comic thing that's happening at Navy Pier. Yeah. So, I guess Josh Brolin is no longer coming. Oh, see? Now, let me just tell you. So, I'm a comic book nerd convention guy. This always happens. Someone backs out. Usually, the people backing out. They're not usually... Sometimes they add new ones. But usually it's a reason because suddenly they think they're too good for the convention. Well, I think he's... I don't know if someone's about to have a kid with him or something oh, like that. I, well, heard... I mean, there's there's valid reasons. But I have seen people bow out right when their career... Because sometimes they think that it's, it's a career thing, okay? That they are just signing autographs and it's that point in their career. Lame. And then some of them... So that's why they back out sometimes. I know, I know this happened before Hayden Panettiere when she got on Nashville. She was not doing anything before that. Suddenly she gets cast in Nashville and jumps off the convention. That is so stupid. First of all, this is your chance to be up close with your fans. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to be doing that, honey. If you want them to be loyal to you, if you want them to continue to love you, how about you love them back real quick? Yeah, you want to get up close and personal. And so, Some people have a lot of fun with it, you know? Uh, I don't know if you know about, um, if you think he's hot like I do, but Mr. Aquaman, Jason <gasps> Momoa. <laughs> I'm about to lose my breath. Of course I love him. So he does the conventions. He's done them many times. And he has a lot of fun with the photo ops. I want to go just, and I don't normally pay for these guys to like take a photo with them. But for me, I think he would just be the best. He picks people up in the air and he makes crazy faces, does all kinds of crazy stuff. So he's like super fun with that. If he picked me up in the air, I would fall right in love. He dresses crazy too. Like he has a crazy (laughs) outfit on. He's just, I think he has fun with it. And I think that's exactly what it should be about. Having fun with your fans. Yeah. And on top of it. So, okay. Josh Brolin um, did bail out for for personal reasons, I believe. But, you know, Captain America, Chris Evans is still going to be there. That's a good one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they added uh, Matt Smith from Doctor Who. Okay. I don't keep up with that. My little sister, however, is like a psycho for him, for that show. Okay. For all things Doctor Who. I mean, she's got a, 
a tattoo. She just got it this week over all of this. Uh, she's coming with me. Oh, nice. To Navy Pier. Um, okay. Because if I can get her to see him or catch a glimpse of him or, I don't know, buy a t-shirt of his or something, right. um, she'll be on cloud nine. So this is really a big thing. And they keep announcing people for this Ace Comic Con thing. I feel like I keep seeing stuff on Instagram that they're announcing more and more people that are going to be a part of it. Like, it's going to be big. Yeah, it's a lot of Avengers and a lot of those people are going to be there. I'm excited. Where do they do it at Navy Pier? Like, back where they do the, the food thing in, in the winter? Yeah, this is my first time going, so I have no idea. It's got to be, yeah, in, towards the end of the pier. Yeah, like, I'm just wondering, is there going to be a lot of space? How big is this thing? Yeah, they and they may move next year, but we'll see how it goes this time. I know that the Walker Stalker thing was, that was at Navy Pier, but now they moved it out to Rosemont. and Oh, I see. Yeah, so. Walker Stalker? That's the uh, Walking Dead convention. <laughs> that's what it's called? They called it Walker Stalker. <laughs> and okay. then they changed it to Heroes and Villains so they could have more than just Walking Dead people. I see. Okay. So okay. it's evolved. So we'll have that to look forward to. That's coming up the, what, 11th, 12th, 13th? Or 12th, yes. 13th, 14th? Whatever that weekend is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are still, I, I think, like, single day passes available for that. So that's something you can look into uh, if you want to find out a little bit more. I know that I'll be there. You'll be there. Are you going to be in costume is the question. Oh, that's a great question. I think I'm going to be just getting ready for Halloween. I'm not going to have time to dress up. I gotcha. For this for this one. But I'm still planning out my Halloween costume. So I'll be coming off the air. So I'm going to be in like jeans and a t-shirt. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing special. No dress code at the superhero convention. Okay, thank goodness. <laughs> Unless I see Aquaman or, you know, whoever. Some some cute guy. And then I'll be like, oh, I probably should have put more effort into my look today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll have that to look forward to. We've got a ton coming up. October has finally arrived. This is like your happy season, Jer. Oh, yes. I'm excited. We're going to do a whole podcast just about Halloween. Halloween, scary stuff. Keep up with us on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to like, subscribe to us, and we'll get to catch up with you next week on Nonstop.